Well, hey, good morning. It's uh, Thursday, December 23rd, uh, 2021. Thursday, December 23rd, 2021. Christmas Eve Eve. Christmas Eve Eve, if if you want. Um, quite a hidden dig against Trump from Biden yesterday. It was actually pretty funny. Uh, in an interview with ABC News, Biden said, if I'm in the health I'm in now, I'm in good health, then in fact I would run uh, again, for president, he's speaking. Uh, then David Muir asked if he if he's up for a rematch against Trump. Biden joked, "You're trying to tempt me now." Uh, sure. Why? Why would I not run against Donald Trump if he's the nominee? That increases the prospect of running. <laughs> Pretty funny. Um, PVTV, Political Views TV podcast. That's what you Google to find me. Uh, I truly appreciate you. It's really nice of you to come every day. I, I can't tell you how much. Um, if you can, please bring someone with you tomorrow. Um, uh, and, and tell your friends to Google uh, Political Views TV Podcast. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Um, tweet to me your questions or insights and fights. Uh, or maybe you want to tell me about a story at Cyberclops. Um, yeah, thanks for coming, man. It's really nice of you. Merry Christmas and all that stuff if you believe in that stuff. Uh, yesterday, Biden said that his administration is extending the soon to lapse pause on student loan payments until May, delaying a potential financial disaster for millions of borrowers. You know, I got into the, this with someone on, on Twitter yesterday, but I, I'll get to that in a second. Um, <clears throat> the payment freeze was set to end on February 1st, and the White House resisted calls to extend the deadline for weeks before deciding yesterday. Uh, that they would do it, um, extend it until May 1st. Private companies that manage federal student loans have been lobbying aggressively, aggressively against the moratorium. And of course they would because people are not working and those companies would make fortunes in late fees. Uh, I'm sure they will file suit to stop it from happening, stop Biden from doing it. Uh, in a statement, Biden pointed to the surging pandemic and continued... Uh, economic upheaval as reasons to extend the payment freeze. Though in, a st in his statement, the president signaled that he does not intend to heed progressives' demands for a broad-based student deb debt cancellation, as AOC, Ayanna Presley, Elizabeth Warren, and many others have called for. When he ran, he did promise to forgive some student debt. So we'll see what happens. Uh, me and others got into it yesterday on Twitter. One person said that students made a promise to pay back loans and that it took her uh, till th she was 30 to pay hers back. Glad it worked out for her. Really nice it worked out for her. But nowadays, jobs aren't there where someone can make enough money to pay back loans. For decades, since the 70s, Republicans and, and some Democrats have rewarded companies to hire around the world and move their offices elsewhere uh, to other countries. There is an unwritten promise that students who rack up $150,000 in debt or what have you, that there would be a job when they got out that would pay back the debt, not to mention the cost to go to college in current dollars. Uh, um, in current dollars, in 1985, it would cost $5,500 to go to college, you know, and that's average. I mean, there's some people that go for free. There's some people that, that, um, 
because they're, they're, uh, state-run colleges sometimes are free. Uh, there's some people that, that pay a lot more for certain colleges. But on average, $5,500. But today, the cost is $28,000. In today's dollars. This is both in today's dollars. We're not saying that it cost $5,500 back then. That's in today's dollars. Now in today's dollars, it cost... Uh, uh, what was it I said? 28000 Those numbers are from the National Center for Education Statistics, if you want to look them up yourself. Let's add one more fact to this first world problem. All first world countries pay college for their, their uh, 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 young men and women, um, except in the U.S., this gives a huge advantage to workers around the world and a huge disadvantage to U.S. workers who have to pay for college and have that debt going into work, which makes them more desperate to take lower pay, by the way. Now that I have your attention, let's try and fix the world. Uh, new federal disclosures reveal major corporations poured donations into West Virginia uh, Senator Joe Manchin's Country Roads Political Action Committee in the weeks leading up to his announcement Sunday that he would oppose Build Back Better. CNBC reported on Tuesday that the uh, FEC, Federal Election Commission, uh, filing showed donors to Manchin's Country Roads PAC raked in 17 contributions from corporations in October and 19 in November. Goldman Sachs, American Express, United Health Group, Blue Cross Blue Shield, Lockheed Martin. Uh, Country Roads raised over $150,000 in October from corporate donors such as Verizon, Union Pacific, Wells Fargo, and PACs tied to the coal and mining industries. Gee, what a shock. <clears throat> Manchin is well acquainted with the fossil fuel industry, which donated at least 400000 to him between July and October. And, a block, and we talked about this just recently, right? We talked about all those companies that are paying him. In a blog post earlier this week, former Labor Secretary Robert Reich noted that last year, Manchin made half a million dollars in Enersystems dividends. That's his company. Roughly three times his $174,000 salary he made last year as a senator. Reich cited such income as well as the fact that Manchin collects more, more, this is a Democrat, he collects more campaign money from coal, oil, and gas companies than any other senator. Like I said, we went over it just recently. 20, uh, his top 20 contributors were all associated with uh, oil, coal, or gas. <clears throat> uh, moving on. At uh, the Supreme Court yesterday, the, uh, the court said it was scheduling oral arguments for January 7th in the case, uh, the case is challenging the Biden administration vaccine requirement for large employers and certain healthcare uh, uh, healthcare workers. The arguments were scheduled after Supreme Court Justice Samuel Alito and Brett Kavanaugh were asked to intervene, intervene in a lower court disputes over the mandates. <clears throat> now, this, uh, follow along because it's a little complex. There's two different court cases. Kavanaugh had been asked by challengers to the employer a mandate to reverse an appeals court ruling that said the administration could 
enforce its vaccine or testing rules for large companies. Kavanaugh and Alito had separately been asked by the Justice Department to reverse appeals court orders against healthcare worker requirements, which applies to healthcare staff at providers that participate in Medicare and Medicaid. The appeals court orders have left the mandate frozen in about half the country. For now, the court is leaving in place the status quo around the requirements. Uh, the Biden administration has said it will not begin enforcing the uh, employer mandate until January uh, 10th. But we'll see what happens. Um, and January 10th was the time that the Supreme Court was supposed to get back in. Uh, moving on. The House Select Committee investigating the insurrection has asked Representative Jim Jordan uh, one of uh, uh, Trump's top congressional allies, uh, to voluntary, uh, voluntarily meet with the panel as it zeroes, zeroes in on Republican lawmakers who may have significant knowledge of the events leading up to the, uh, uh, the insurrection. Uh, Jordan previously warned the committee that targeting GOP lawmakers in any capacity would be met with political retribution if Republicans retake the House after next year's midterm elections. Uh, this is not yet a subpoena, but it could happen. Uh, Jordan, which originally selected, if you remember, we talked about this. Jordan was originally selected by uh, House Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy to be one of the five GOP members serving on the committee back in July, but House Speaker Nancy Pelosi rejected McCarthy's selection of Jordy along with um, uh, Jim Banks. Uh, as you and I talked about back then, we mentioned Jordan may be called as a witness, and it seemed obvious not to let him on the panel if he's going to be a witness. Uh, Jordan is the second alley of Trump to receive an interview request this week. Representative Scott Perry of Pennsylvania has already declined the committee's request to voluntarily sit down with investigator, uh, investigators, which means, of course, that um, a subpoena might have to be the way to go. We'll see what happens. Uh, moving on to Russia, China, Russia, China, This, in this case, mostly Russia. Uh, citing Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, uh, state media RIA Novosti reported yesterday, Russia hopes to hold bilateral talks with NATO and the U.S. in January over security guarantees it is seeking from both. At least that might be an indication that nuclear war isn't going to happen right away. You know, as my... Uh, I should have put a warning behind um, yesterday's story that you don't want to listen to it if, it, if you get stressed out, because uh, yesterday's story was really uh, uh, scary. Uh, Lavrov said in an interview with Russia Today, uh, which, by the way, R Russian Today is RT News. So if you see all these RT News articles, they hide the fact that it's Russia Today, which is a, a state media, right? Like mini true. <clears throat> Many true. Reference to 1984. If you haven't read 1984, please. You got to read 1984. Uh, it was written so long ago and it nailed what was happening today. Uh, we, uh, anyway, uh, Lavrov said in the interview, we want to do this in January, including to involve the negotiating platform to discuss the draft agreement between Russia and the NATO countries on security guarantees. Uh, the news comes just a day after NATO said it was ready to engage in a meaningful dialogue 
with the nation amid its massing, massing of troops near the Ukrainian border. They say meaningful dialogue because most of it is just bull, uh, BS. Uh, the U.S. and its allies have warned Russia about the consequences of further hostilities amid its continuing military buildup uh, near the Ukraine border, as we've talked about numerous times. A move, uh, a move U.S. intelligence has assessed as preparation for a full-scale invasion in early 2022. Tuesday. NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg said that the, and we've talked about uh, Stoltenberg before, said that while the alliance is ready to engage in meaningful dialogue with Russia, it will continue to support Ukraine politically and practically. Uh, Meanwhile, U.S. Assistant uh, Secretary of State for the European or Eurasian Affairs, uh, Karen Donfried, uh, the Biden administration's top diplomat in Europe, said The U.S. and Europe were ready to act immediately if Russia increased aggression toward Ukraine in the coming days. I think maybe Putin has bitten off way more than he can chew right now. Uh, Putin has demanded security guarantees from the U.S. and NATO, including a binding pledge that NATO won't expand further farther east. Farther? Further farther east and will not allow Ukraine to join the military alliance, uh, according to a draft proposal published Friday by Russia's foreign uh, foreign ministry. So basically, he's saying he can invade Crimea, he can invade Georgia, he can put troops at the border, but he doesn't want any other troops from other countries because obviously putting troops on a border of another country means nothing even though he's invaded Crimea and Georgia. Man. Because of all this saber-rattling, of course, Russia's Nord Stream 2 faces a rocky road before any gas flows to Germany, with its new leaders adopting a more, uh, Germany's new leaders, adopting a more skeptical tone toward the project and tensions ratcheting up over Russia's troop buildup at their Ukrainian border. I, I mean, okay. The pipeline is built, it's ready, and it's being filled with natural gas, but that doesn't mean it will be allowed to run. The, the pipeline opposed by uh, Ukraine, Poland, and the U.S. awaits approval from Germany and the European Union to bypass other countries and start bringing natural gas directly to Europe through Germany. Uh, Poland, of course, Poland and Ukraine oppose it because the Russian pipeline, uh, there's only two other Russian pipelines. It runs through uh, them, and the other one runs through um, uh, uh, Belarus. And it already exists, but Russia has cut it off almost entirely. Uh, Russia has stopped pushing gas through that pipeline because they want another pipeline. The continent is struggling with a shortage that has sent prices surging surging amid a a shortage purposefully caused by Russia when they cut off that other pipeline. The other two pipelines. They have 22%, I believe it was 22% capacity running through uh, the Belarus pipeline. The U.S. has stressed targeting Nord Stream 2 as a way to counter any new Russian military moves against Ukraine. And the project already faces legal and bureaucratic hurdles uh, with the EU because Germany is part of the EU. EU has to okay this pipeline. 
As European and U.S. leaders confer on how to deal with Russia's pressure on, U- pressure on Ukraine, persistent political objections, particularly from EU members like Poland, add another challenge to one of Russian uh, uh, President of Vladimir, of Vladimir Putin's key projects. Uh, I should remind you, by the way, uh, Ted Cancun Cruz, he has withheld hold, held support and he has uh, uh, basically blocked appointments by Biden because he's desperate to help Putin get this pipeline going. He's been, he's been, he's a Russian scab. Let's just say it, okay? Ted Cancun Cruz has blocked Biden appointments because he wants Russia's Nord Stream, pipe, Nord Stream 2 pipeline to work. Why is Ted Cruz so interested in Russia? You got to ask that, right? Moving on. Yesterday, the FDA authorized the first new pill to be used to battle COVID-19, a Pfizer drug that Americans uh, will be able to take at home to head off the worst effects of the virus. The drug, uh, Paxlovid, is a faster way. It's take, it, Paxlovid is taken along with um, uh, an, an HIV drug, actually. I think that, that uh, so it'll work better, apparently. Uh, Paxlovid is a faster way to treat early COVID-19 infections, though initial supplies will be extremely limited. All of the previously authorized drugs against the uh, disease require an IV or an injection. Uh, This pill has a nearly 90% reduction in hospitalizations and deaths among patients most likely to get severe disease. Uh, The Food and Drug Administration authorized Pfizer... um, Pfizer's drug for adults and children ages 12 and older with a positive COVID-19 test and early symptoms who face the highest risk of hospitalization. That includes older people and those with conditions like obesity and heart disease, uh, though the drug is not recommended for patients with severe kidney or liver problems for obvious reasons. Uh, Eligible children have to be at least uh, 88 pounds. Um, the U.S. Per, uh, purchased 10 million courses of Paxlovid. Uh, it's called a course because I, I think you take two pills a day for five days or something. Something like that. Um, and it's a $5 billion deal. Uh, Biden said in November that his administration is working to ensure that the treatments are free and accessible. Uh, personally, I think they should only be free for those vaccinated. Um, An antiviral pill from Merck also is expected to soon get authorization. Merck has contracted with the U.S. government to supply at least 3 million courses of its pill uh, Molnupiravir for $2.2 billion. I I thought that FDA clearance may not happen because yesterday France became the first country to publicly cancel that an order for Merck's uh, Molnupiravir. Tiravir, uh, COVID-19, the antiviral pill, for its underwhelming performance in clinical trials. But guess what? This morning, the FDA also approved Merck's Molnupiravir. Molnupiravir? I guess that's how you pronounce it. So, moving on. If you want to steal a car, okay, you probably don't want to steal one from a congressperson especially if she leaves her government phone inside. All this makes it an FBI case, not just a simple car theft. Uh, Pennsylvania Representative Mary Gay Scanlon was carjacked at gunpoint yesterday 
afternoon in Philadelphia in FDR Park following a meeting there. She was physically unharmed. Authorities recovered the vehicle in Delaware and took five suspects into custody. (laughs) Scanlon's vehicle was recovered near a public gym in Newark. Uh, The police department also said it was working alongside the FBI, which has taken the lead in the investigation. Uh, These guys that stole this car at gunpoint, they're looking at serious federal time for this. I mean... You held a gun to a congressman, a congressperson, pardon me. (laughs) Man, you got to be some kind of stupid to do that. Uh, You really need to investigate who you're going to steal cars from from first. And you probably should have looked at the plate that said uh, uh, that it's a government plate. It was probably a government plate. I'm sure it was. It said government plates. (laughs) Moving on. So if gas prices weren't high enough, an ExxonMobil plant in Houston area a city of Baytown had a major industrial accident injuring at, least, injuring at least four people this morning. Initial reports indicated an explosion happened inside the plant. Uh, Harris County Sheriff Ed Gonzalez said in a tweet, residents in the area reported a loud explosion. Uh, a fire happened at the oil refinery around 2 a.m. Eastern time, according to ExxonMobil, which did not immediately confirm an explosion or say what led to the fire. Of course, I mean, we've already confirmed an explosion. Four people were injured, the sheriff's uh, office said, three of whom were taken for treatment by helicopter and one by ambulance. Uh, ExxonMobil refinery manager uh, Rowan uh, Davis told reporters the fire happened in a unit that produces gasoline and the plant's emergency workers still were working before sunrise to extinguish the fire. Uh, The conditions of the four injured uh, people were stable at this point. So I'm sure we'll know more about this tomorrow. Uh, So that's it. Thanks for listening. Thursday, December 23rd, uh, Christmas Eve Eve, Thursday, December 23rd. I really appreciate you. It's so nice of you uh, for coming. Uh, Bring someone with you tomorrow or today if you can. PVTV, Political Views TV Podcast. That's what you Google to find me, those four words. I'll show up right at the top of the search. Uh, Tweet to me your questions, insights, or come fight with me. Hey, bring it on, man. And, you know, it's pretty boring right now around Christmas. You can fight with me if you want. I don't mind. I'm going to win. You know, I have have cogent arguments. I use my critical thinking skills. Let's see if you got any. Uh, And uh, you might want to give me a story. Uh, But you can tweet to me at Cyberclops, C-Y-B-E-R-C-L-O-P-S. And remember, always remember, government profit is measured by the betterment of the people. Don't you ever forget it. And you know what? This is almost like, well, tomorrow. Well, uh, well, this is almost like a, a Friday flaming bag of crap moment. I'm Peter Lawrence reporting from Los Angeles.